strap on your cleats and buckle up for a wild ride around the diamond of deception. Welcome to the 643 Conspiracy, where we swing for the truth. And knock conspiracy theories out of the park. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is the 643 Conspiracy Podcast. We got your boy Hank and Drew. We got a wonderful guest for y'all this evening. We're joined by the great Matt T of the Great Deception. But before we jump into what we're here for, we're going to run through some housekeeping. We got to make sure that you go check out Pure Pet Wellness. Nico and his family, they run a great family-owned and operated company with the finest CBD products for your pets, all natural ingredients, all sourced from here in the United States of America. And when you get to check out, use promo code 643. You'll save 20% on your order every time you go see those fine fellows over there at purepetwellness.com. Also, while you're looking around on the web, go check out the greatdeceptionpodcast.com. Drew, or not Drew, <laughs> trying to give Drew credit for everything. Ghost and Ryan, Dean, they have an incredible line of conspiracy-themed soap bars out there. And... I've heard they're better than Dr. Squatch. Very soon I'll be able to put it to the test. I just placed an order. Really looking forward to getting that in. They say a bar can last a month with daily use. So go check out Ghost and Ryan's soaps over there. Great. Uh, I'm trying to give Matt credit for it now. At dangerousworldpodcast.com. So, Matt, coach, welcome to the shit show that is the 643 Conspiracy. Thanks for having me, fellas. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, welcome on, man. We're glad to have you. Drew, how are you guys do over here, man? I I really do. I enjoy it. I listen to both the Sunday and the Wednesday show, so happy to be a part of it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm happy to be a part of it, too, and I'm glad we're back on the Wednesday, man. We missed a couple Wednesdays, so it's good to be back on it. How am I sounding, by the way? It sounds kind of a little echoey in my end. Am I sounding good? You sound good my way perfect yeah we uh we kind of fell off our you know life started getting in the way a little bit more than usual i got real busy at work and drew was going through a busy spell at work and if it wasn't work one of us was dealing with either being sick ourselves or somebody in the family's being sick so life wasn't real conducive to keeping our two schedule a week episode we had going there for a while but we're trying to work that back into regularity as much as possible because i do miss doing the wednesday sports shows uh when me and ryan first kicked off like that was part of our deal we were like nobody's out here talking conspiracy and baseball so we're gonna do it all in one spot and then you know it kind of felt like i kind of lost that for a second but we're gonna reel that baby back in and i can't think of a better way to start it back up than with you matt because uh you're a knowledged person in the game of baseball and uh really glad to have you on the show over here man dude i've been waiting for it finally our schedules linked up i'm happy we we got together but yeah i mean if there's one sport that i live for it's baseball you know i since the time i could walk you know it was something you know my old man played softball because he wasn't much of an athlete but he, you know, one of the things that we did all the time is playing baseball, watching baseball, collecting baseball cards, 
you know, we'd, we'd do the wiffle ball in the backyard where we, we'd play as the lineup. And, oh, yeah. you know, if it was a righty batter, you had to bat righty. If it was a lefty batter, you had to bat lefty. And man, it's, it's a shame because it's not like that anymore. You know, you don't, you don't see things like that and you don't see the kids today as involved in the game. I think you're starting to see a little bit of a resurgence now, but I think for the last 20 years or so kids, baseball interest and in IQ plummeted. Sure. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, and that's a, uh, the great thing about uh, my little neighborhood that I live in, we have uh, like three or four, actually one, two, three, four, five families that are all a part of this uh, local uh, travel baseball team. So like every day when I get home, at the cul-de-sac or around the corner there's a good 10 kids just throwing the ball around playing wiffle ball doing exactly the stuff that you're talking about matt so it's it's really i think starting to make a little bit of a resurgence but when i get home in the afternoon i see that it always brings a smile to my face nothing better man yeah kids being kids i mean i remember back in the day playing in the empty lot in between houses, using trash for bases, you know, don't have a baseball. We got a stick and a rock (laughs) and hoping we don't break a window, you know, just, just to play some baseball, man. Like my, my wife was just talking earlier about how she was playing soccer when she was a kid. And I said, I don't know nothing about no soccer. I played baseball (laughs) from T-ball up until high school when, when the ball got real fast and, I realized that saxophone didn't hurt as much as getting beamed by a fastball. <laughs> Probably one of my biggest regrets was not following through with baseball, man. But but I'm here to talk about it today. So, yeah. Speaking of uh, baseball cards, Matt, is that a, a top baseball shirt you got on yes, there tonight? Yes, it is. A vintage, the old homage nice, yeah. to tops. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, top tops. Uh, the the new Bowman's uh just dropped. Or coming out, I think it's dropping soon, and uh, I'm looking forward to. It. They got the Tom Brady autographs. Did you see that? Dude, the, yeah, but they what got, are the chances of you or I getting our hands on that? Realistically, well, appara- apparently there's going to be multiple. So there's just there's you know he, he, there's the super fractor right where it's like the one of one uh, that uh, fanatics uh, threw out there the other day. But I, I guess there's going to be multiple uh, other autographs out there. So, I mean, they're, it's like uh, Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance, you know? <laughs> they're putting so Brady's autographs just... in, in baseball products? Yeah. So what happened was um, he actually got drafted by the Montreal Expos. And instead of playing baseball, yeah. he went and played football. So they made a Montreal Expos baseball card of Tom Brady. And uh, the no, one that kidding. fanatics threw out the other day was like, you know, uh, he said something funny in the inscription and signed it. But it's it's pretty sick. That's one of those things that amazes me. How many guys that are pro in a different sport got drafted in another sport? Yep. And, and right? you see it a lot with with hockey players and, and baseball players, you know, hockey players that got drafted in baseball out of high school and things like that. But, I mean, then you look at a guy like Dave Winfield who got drafted in MLB, NBA, NFL. It's like, what? How? That was a different era of life where when you went to high school, there was nothing wild about, uh, you know, your top athletes playing in every 
thing that that school had to offer. You know, there was no off time. It was just right. constant competition. Yeah. Well, I mean, look they, at, they, uh, there wasn't that singular focus either that there is right. now, right? They, these kids that like some of them at 10 think, okay, I'm going to put all my time into baseball. It's like, no, I'm like, look at guys like that. They're doing all, you should be seasonal, right? Switch right. it up until you get to, 15 maybe 16 then start thinking about getting serious but right exactly you put all those eggs in one basket drew yeah because what happens if one injury and that that dream is blown up and by 14 you're ruined because you you, you're done it's like i can't think of anything more depressing right and that's i i know very many friends like one of the uh one of the uh guys that i work with he played uh baseball um was amazing at baseball but uh, fucked up his arm so he switched up and played football you know i'm but he ended up having surgery and everything else but if he didn't if he had put all his eggs in one basket he wouldn't be playing uh football he ended up going to football uh a college scholarship on football but you know that's what i tell my kids and you know my son is he he doesn't really care so much about sports we'll throw around a ball every now and again he wants to go out back and bass fish so i'm i'm totally down with that uh it's it's a it's a blast um but you know i i tell them try to get in as much stuff as possible my 13 year old hell she's in everything under the sun i mean not not sports wise but she does everything chorus and band and you name it she's doing it hey you never regret giving it a try right that and that's the thing that's why i tell my son too hey if you're even thinking about trying it do it because what's the worst that happens? You get into it and you realize, ah, this isn't for me. You can always exit stage left. I got no problem with that. But the, yeah, exactly. You, right. You gave it <laughs> If a you try. make the team, you're going to be on that team for the season, though. Right. There, right. Exactly. You make yeah. that team. That That's your that's your commitment. But yep. uh, back to uh, baseball cards and stuff that never happened. So I actually saw this. Uh, it was an Instagram reel that I saw. So in back in the eighties, there was a hockey team. You were talking about hockey. Um, I want to say it was like the Sabres or somebody. They had uh, <laughs> apparently one of the coaches um, decided that the draft took too long and they wanted to like spice things up. So they draft. They made up a fake Japanese player, and his name was like Hashi Sushimoto hey. or something. So- uh hank can you let me share i actually have the video of this Drew, you should if you want have, me to play it yeah you should absolutely. have uh you right. should have permission it says host disabled participant screen sharing okay hang on yeah i i actually i i had this video saved because i was going to play it for hank on uh master debaters because i'm like dude this is you got to see this shit yeah, it was nuts. I saw that. Uh, I saw that today. It's so funny how our algorithms are aligned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tashimoto or something like that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, it, and and he named it after like the Japanese restaurant that he passed on the way. And then it's crazy. And then they made a, a freaking hockey card about it. There Damn, is a card out there of it. Yeah. Yes, which is amazing. All right, let's see here. Here we go. Yeah, there we go. Bam. Let me just share sound, and we will rock and roll. Here we go. All right. Oh, get out of the way. 
a player who never played in the NHL. In fact, this guy, Taro Sujimoto, didn't even exist. In the 1974 NHL draft, Buffalo GM Punch Imlac conjured up a fake Japanese hockey player as a prank to pull on the league. Imlac was bored with the very slow draft process that took place by phone and wanted to spice things up. The name Taro Sujimoto came from a local Japanese store that PR director Paul Whelan drove by occasionally. Eventually, the prank came to light and the Buffalo Saber fans, instead of getting mad at Imlac for wasting a draft pick ate it up. Soon, We Want Taro chants could be heard at Sabres home games, and Sujimoto custom jerseys popped up everywhere. Then in 2010, Panini released a rare Taro Sujimoto rookie card with their Score, Rookies, and Traded set. And it's actually quite hard to find these. Only two have ever been graded at PSA, and there have only been two recent sales on eBay, including one that sold for $115. Not bad for a prank card based on a prank player. That is amazing. I, I want to find a 2010 box of score hobby <laughs> and go uh, Sushimoto hunting. Also, I think it should be noted right quick. That was the first clip in the history of the show. <laughs> wow. Done on a recording. So look at there. Nothing yeah. better than Tasi Sujimoto. I've never heard of that. No, it, it was the first time that I had heard about it. Uh, like I said, Instagram. And then uh, it was nuts. But uh, Matt, real quick. How were you able to do that? Where, are you on a computer or did you, yeah. or, or what? Yeah, I'm on a computer and I have, uh, I, from my Monday Night Master Vader show I do, I have a whole folder of just random videos that I catalog in case, you know, you want to, we run out of something to talk about or like for, for certain shows, like I'll, I know people are into certain things and bring clips for them and stuff like that. Two-headed awesome. on dick. <laughs> Hey, the season awesome. professional. That's what I'm talking about. Really bringing some flavor to the show. I like it. So, gentlemen, oh, let's talk. A, let's talk about a little something that hits close to home for me. We're going to talk about Hot Springs, Arkansas. So let's transport ourselves back in time to January 10th of the year 1851. And Hernando, or that's when Hot Springs was incorporated. So we're talking about a town that's been around for a while. We're going to go back even further to 1541. And that's when we first hear about the land that would become Hot Springs, Arkansas. And that's where the famous conquistador Hernando de Soto, he traveled over there and he had wrote in his journals about the seemingly magical waters that flowed from the land um the same hernando de soto that you know was famous for going up the mississippi river and i think he ultimately met his demise somewhere around memphis but anyway so he's we've known about the area that would become hot springs arkansas so for at least 500 years <laughs> at to this point um in 1832, on April 20th, Congress established the Hot Springs Reservation, which officially makes it the oldest park in America, predating the uh, establishment of Yellowstone by 20 years. So it's got a little bit of you know fame and notoriety going for it. The, the reason of talking about it with y'all this evening is going to be the origin of uh, spring training for baseball for 
the most of the early years of baseball, there was no spring training. There was your winter, and then you had normally just your season, and you played your season, and then you had your off season again. Somewhere around 1886, A.G. Spalding, who we credit to be one of the forefathers of baseball, he was also the president of the Chicago White Stockings, which we now know today to be the Chicago Cubs. He and his player manager, Cap Anson, decided that they needed to find a way to train train outdoors during the spring. Up north, their springs, you know, if they did want to do any kind of training before the season, it was all done in gyms or inside of indoors anywhere they you know could get down with the get down not really conducive to turning around and playing a baseball season you know having worked on fundamentals on a on a court is not the same as your fundamentals on a, on a field as we all know and so they figured out that the answer was going down south and they heard about this mystical land with these magical waters that could seemingly cure a man of his ailments uh, could completely rejuvenate a man just by sitting in the water. And so that's where hot springs comes into play home of these magical waters. They came down there and a lot of insanity <laughs> ensued in the town of hot springs. And you've got famous players such as Honus Wagner leaving such an imprint on the town of hot springs that the high school there still rocks purple or not purple, but yellow and black is their school colors. Honus Wagner basically saved the uh, athletic department of the high school at one point in time, donated a bunch of money, bought them new equipment and all that good stuff. But basically the idea was, is that, they were laid up during the winter up north, smoking, drinking, living life to the fullest. And they could go to hot springs and do training one for to, to be outside because it's a more not about six times out of 10, uh, Arkansas spring is significantly warmer than a Chicago spring or a New York spring. And they could train outside. And then at the end of the day, they could go sit in these waters that could would literally, they thought it was just a, a myth, but in really it, it's scientifically proven that if you go sit in boiling water, pretty much that it draws the alcohol out of your body, you know, <laughs> nothing, you know, mind blowingly scientific now, but at the time that was a wild thought, you know, you got to think about it. These, these baseball owners were sitting here, man, my dude's done got fat and lazy all summer. So you're telling me we can go down here and I can just work, do the same workout we would do inside, but we get to do it outside. And then they just go sit in these baths in these bathhouses, and they're going to become exponentially more fit, exponentially more prepared for the season because they, shed weight you know rapidly but it wasn't unhealthily like it was because of these uh hot springs they were able to remove all the toxins and bull shit that they were digesting all winter 
So and that Babe was Ruth the fit. Go ahead. Babe Ruth could drink his fifth of whiskey and then just go sit in the hot springs yep. and feel better. And yep. Hit a home, hit a dinger. So the everything was fine and dandy until money got the best of hot springs. And alongside these bathhouses, because hot springs was said, damn, if they're, we're going to get four or five different professional baseball teams worth of players down here every spring, we might ought to give them something to do. So they started building more bars and saloons and, and more theaters and play de- places for debauchery to, to rear its ugly neck. Uh, casinos started popping up and there's also um, a heavy tie with Al Capone to hot springs through these casinos. So you've got some, I mean, we're not, we're not talking about the garden of Eden here. I mean, <laughs> this is the, 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 the hills of Arkansas, you know, sounds this like is, Sodom and Gomorrah. It, well, redneck heaven, <laughs> if you know, some would say, <laughs> But uh, you started to get this reputation of a of a good time, you know. Come the turn of the 1900s, Hot Springs has gone from this little scenic town off the beaten path up in the Ozark Mountains of Arkansas, and now all of a sudden it's a major attraction for two three months of, of the year. You're getting all of these big name professional players. I mean, you're getting the Babe Ruths, the Tris Spreakers, the Honus Wagners. You know, you're getting anybody who was anybody was going to do spring training in Hot Springs, or you were behind the ball because these guys figured out, you know, through sheer dumb luck that they were actually gaining a hell of an advantage on anybody that didn't go to Hot Springs. It was wonderful conditioning for the body. I mean, you could go and, you know, train yourself as hard as you wanted to and then go sit in that hot bath for a few hours. Then the next day you're ready to go as hard as you can again. Yeah. And I got something else came to my mind, too, because thinking about baseball back then, these guys didn't necessarily train year round. Right. In the offseason, a lot of them had to get jobs. Sure. So. When you started talking about them, the healing powers of the Springs, it makes sense because they're going to be out of baseball shape, especially if they're in the North, like we said, then they're going to come down to spring training and, and, you know, ramp it up and man, you're going to get all, and, and, you know, you're not in the same physical shape either doing whatever job you were doing. So yeah, I could see that being a huge draw to these teams, let alone the fact that trying to do anything baseball related in, in the North uh, until March is nearly impossible. I mean, you may get a day here and there, but I mean, I played college baseball up here in the Northeast and there were points where we were shoveling off the field to get on the field before we went down South. Now. Okay, fine. You have the field, but the field's frozen. Try taking ground balls on frozen ground. Try pitching off a frozen mound and getting a imagine being you can't the catcher. Your fingers yeah like yeah. i mean the catcher's <laughs> the luckiest guy he's got all the gear on he's the warmest he could right. layer up right because all he's got to do is catch it and i don't back. know i think that would especially if you got got a guy throwing heat every oh pitch. your hands <laughs> yeah, forget about it yeah it's <laughs> yeah it's like, 
Uh, Mr. And then Glass. imagine you're trying to slide into second base or, you know, whatever. Just shards um, of frozen dirt. It's like sliding on asphalt. Yeah. yeah. So, frozen I mean, clay fly, flying all over the place. No, thank you. It makes so, total sense. But at the same time, Hank, what are you also going to draw? You're going to draw people that know these people are going to be there yep. looking for a good time yeah. or looking to start yeah. some shit. Right. Both. Start some shit. And then and, and if you're bringing you're, you're talking Al Capone and the boys in there. Now you're you're throwing a whole new aspect into it. So uh, I'm sure, you know, they probably had some uh, little meetings on. Hey, boys, come come this season. Who's going to throw this game or who's going to throw that game or who's going to do this? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, Shoeless Joe and the boys. I'm not sure if many people know this. But Hot Springs, Arkansas is the sole reason that um, pretty much spring or um, Babe Ruth is the sole reason why spring training pretty much got kicked in the can in Arkansas. It's not entirely his fault because once Babe Ruth became Babe Ruth, especially after he got traded from the Red Sox to uh, the Yankees. Babe Ruth ritual religiously came to hot springs. Like the man could have lived there. He loved it so much because it was his, I mean, he could literally get as fat as he wanted to and go sit in the water and just be golden, you know? So, and then he was like a King once he, once he established himself with the Red Sox and then right as he was traded to the Yankees, I mean, there was no bigger name in baseball than Babe Ruth. Yeah. So uh, I, he ran Hot Springs when he was down there. It was like the whole town catered to him. Sure. And he it, was like the Shohei Otani of the game at the time. Exactly. Doing yeah. Oh, exactly. right. Absolutely. And then so he gets traded to the Yankees and the Yankees want to start putting him on the in commercials, getting him to be the face of different companies and on these advertisements and all this that and the third they can't have their prized hog out here playing in the mud right so they literally wrote it into his contract that he either quit going to hot springs or he didn't have a job with the yankees wow it was around that time that I'm sorry, Matt. It was around that time that spring training started to pivot to other places such as Florida and Arizona. That's crazy. Oh, and, and, and he was coming down here and he was just partying, living the yeah, good and, time. and like like you said, treating like a king. The little money that he had back then, your dollar really meant something. So I'm sure he was able to. Uh, hang out and live quite high off the hog. If you know what I'm saying? He was never lonely. That's for sure. And sometimes <laughs> he got some, some company that he couldn't get rid of. If you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's got, uh, it's I'm got sure. the Vegas vibes, right? You know, it, of, yeah. of modern day. That's what Absolutely. it was back then. It was, Absolutely. it was kind of the wild West. You know, I hate using that, that, that analogy, but that's what it is. You know, you had some nefarious people there, a mm -hmm. lot of women there, yep. good time, bars. It was Liquor the life. was a flowing. Yeah. And, and who knows what kind of influence you can be under. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, and it's no secret that Babe Ruth indulged 
of the in, into his excesses. Like he uh he wasn't shy about it. There were the really the reason why it came to New York, literally writing it into his contract to stay out of Hot Springs, is because he would get down there and get so trashed that he couldn't like make keep get make the bus to go back to New York, or like he wouldn't show up, or he'd show up weeks late, and like and obviously he never stopped eating or drinking, like just gaining weight left and right, and so they were like, uh, uh-uh, uh, dude, nope. We're taking you out of this, like, like Matt said, we're going to take you out of this redneck Las Vegas hell, and you're coming back up north. The <laughs> poor guy. That's amazing. He's just living, live, living his best life. I, it's amazing what the, those guys back in the day, what what they were capable of doing. You know, you Matt, you were saying, you know, they had to have jobs, you know, on the off season. Those weren't easy freaking jobs either. You know, they're they're those are hard labor you know whatever jobs that they were doing i'm sure they were destroying their bodies just trying to make money to make ends meet and then now they got to come back and you know hit a baseball in between getting shipped off to war true at the time you know yep yep i mean now, you gotta yeah i think we're, we're we're literally talking about the turn of the what would that right. be the the twentieth century, right there in yep. the late eighteen hundreds right. into the early nineteen hundreds? I mean, we're talking about a completely different world, a world that didn't really know law and order. I mean, if you, dear listener, and when I tell you the Ozark Mountains of Arkansas are not like a place I've ever seen on Earth. I've seen mountains before, but as far as like the people you're gonna find there. Man, don't go fucking around because you will find out <laughs> for real, real quick. Like, and this is this it goes so much further than a hillbilly. Like, these are very, very they might not be book smart, but you're not gonna outsmart them on their land. <laughs> you're not gonna, you yeah. know, you're not gonna get over and, on them. And the, those mountain people, you, you know, uh they don't like they don't like the government coming in and trying to do anything that they don't like either so i'm sure that they didn't they weren't they don't like authority and they don't like outsiders right one thing exactly. i will say though is hot springs did allow and i say that like I have, that is a hor- let me i'm probably gonna edit that little five seconds out hot springs also hosted the negro leagues for spring training that started uh, around 1932. I mean, it took a little bit longer for, for them to come around to that. But, I mean, as we were literally just speaking to, we're talking to Arkansas mountain people. You're, you're, yeah, this is a huge a, deal. This is a, in, in a the whole 30s, different time. In the 30s, we're talking about, you know, a, a whole town. And, and the only people of color in Hot Springs prior to – the uh negro leagues coming there were basically the bathhouse workers and what you would you know normally find a person of color in in 1930s backwoods arkansas you know right so for them to welcome negro league ball clubs into town like they'd been doing the you know the major league baseball teams for the last 30 40 years i think is you know 
pretty cool in and of itself. And we're and they had some Josh Gibson, you know, uh, Judd Wilson, Bill Foster. I mean, he, some big time names from you know all across baseball at the time were there. You know, Hot Springs was really it for 30, 40, you know, 50, 60 years there up until yeah. up until Babe Ruth ruined it all. <laughs> really what it <laughs> but, was though, and I say it, I said it wasn't all his fault. The other half of it is earlier you heard me say that six out of ten times in Arkansas spring is more temperate than up north. Well, it's just those other four times. They usually a couple of them tend to happen back to back. And the club owners from up north got tired of having wasted springs because the weather shortened their time that they could actually train. And so they just got sick of it and they just went else further south and further west. Yeah, it doesn't make no. much sense to go down south if you're going to get the same weather you would in exactly. your own climate. So literally the yeah, only right. draw to hot springs was the water. Yep. Sure. And I mean, coming down south, like you said, at the time, you know, those uh, the Negro League players probably didn't have the same types of opportunity, especially at the climate, you know. So it didn't make sense coming down south. I could see that. Yeah. But you got to think a lot of your Negro League teams, well, not a lot of them. Some of them were, were coming up, you know, to hot springs like your Birmingham Barons and right they're just speaking on the Negro leagues. I'd love to do a specific episode on them one day. Cause they deserve, they really had, like I never had heard of Martin DeHigo before a few months back. Bad man. Never heard of Hank Thompson before. Bad man. Uh, yeah. Rube, Rube Foster. Bad man. You know, these yep. are, I've, of course, everybody's heard of Satchel Paige and of, you know, right. Josh Gibson, but there's some there's some players out there that really created cool Papa Bell. Yeah, like yep. really. <laughs> we're Oscar superstars. Charleston, all those guys. Yes, man. yes. There's tons of tons of history in in the Negro League baseball, and I don't think they get enough love. I mean. They were there. San Diego Studios just made the Negro Leagues part of MLB 23 this year. It was cool. Yeah. I've got the game. I played through the storylines, and you really get to learn um, the the. It's narrated by the curator of the Negro Leagues Museum, and he's a really cool cat. Like he 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 obviously loves talking about the Negro Leagues, but. It's 2023, and they still don't do anything for them. You yeah, know, if if if, we, if 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 baseball really accepted the Negro leagues, then their their stats would be in, intermingled with the MLB stats, and the stat leaderboards would not look the same. I'm telling you, no, uh, no, not at all. No asterisks needed either. I mean, None. It, it, None. You look at the quality of play, like you were saying, it it was equal. And in some cases, they had better. better players than the major leagues. For sure. Oh, 100%. There's a reason why after, you know, um, and it, Jackie didn't break the color barrier. 
Right. That's he got I credit for it. He did. Right. He got. But credit I want to say it, but... Larry Doby broke in a year before him. Yeah, I might I might be wrong on that, but I know that there was a, a player that broke in a year before Jackie. Well, Larry was uh, the I, first American League black player. Was he in the American League? Yeah, he was with the Indians. Okay, I'm I'm I could have I could have swore he was the one that broke in before. There's Jackie. a I I and there's an article I was reading on. I can't think of the guy's name, but there was somebody that did it, and it was multiple years before, not just. Uh, the year before, and I can't think of it, but I'm sure we'll we'll look. But there's a reason once that barrier point. was broken, they all were all the MLB teams were you know trying to get their hands on players from the Negro leagues. Okay, so it says 63 years before Jackie, there was a guy named Moses Fleetwood Walker, who uh, played MLB in the 1880s. Okay. Wow. But other than that, Jackie was the first African-American in mo- in the modern era is what they say. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, thanks, Dr. Google. Yeah, huh? That's from the History Channel. Mm. Oh, another, another cool little point about Hot Springs. Uh, Babe Ruth is given credit for hitting the longest home run on re- of recorded distance at uh, the park there in Hot Springs. And they've used one thing about the, the documentary, The First Boys of Spring, that I like is they, they go into detail and showing how they measured it out and used GPS and overlays from old maps to get a as accurate of a reading a measurement as you could possibly get and so one of the attractions that came into town as a result of (laughs) spring spring training in hot springs was an alligator farm interesting choice yeah Yeah, I mean, I I can see that down here, here in (laughs) South Florida. I'm surprised up in that's exactly what it is, though, Drew. It's 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 what you would what you would expected to see on an episode of The Lion King. On you know, Joe Exotic got it hid out behind some RVs or something. It's just a couple of concrete bowls with water, and they got some crocodiles or some gators in them, but. like the people used to come and take pictures on them and stuff. Like they'd have them muzzled and you could like sit on it and <laughs> wild stuff, man. So it's directly across the the road that runs in between the baseball field and there's a highway and the gator farm. The gator farm's actually still there today. And you can go to Hot Springs and there's a plaque that commemorates where home plate was of the original ball field. They say that Babe Ruth took him a big old hack and smacked a ball that landed in one of the ponds of the alligator farm. And like I said, they've used overlays of original maps on top of modern maps and used GPS. And they have said that that is a 573 foot home run. That's insane. And think about it, though, too. They're not using as quality a baseball as they use today. The The wood is not nearly – it's so inferior to today. But Babe Ruth used a 
ridiculously heavy bat. Like it's yeah. like a. I have one. I have a. a was replica. it like a 33, 35 ounce or? 38 ounces. Yeah, it's wow. a big boy. It's thir- I think it's 37 inches, 38 ounces. It's yeah. and and mind you, you know how like most wood bats have a tapered handle? Mm-hmm. This thing is almost as thick in the handle as it is in the barrel. Yep. I mean, you it, you have to take two hands to hold on to that thing. It's it's heavy. Yep. And that's, um that's there's crazy. a there's a video on YouTube. And I can't remember who done it, but they tried to replicate the 573 foot home run. And apparently they like bought a vintage baseball dated from the era that it would have been. And it it was in, it's a, and they like had a, like a replica Babe Ruth bat made to spec. Like they couldn't do it. Like, no. So like, and they that... were using a pitching machine to like throw it like a hundred and something miles an hour just to get like you know everything out of it that they could and they ended up shredding the ball see and that yeah. that's what makes me question some of these stories as like folklore you know and knowing because yeah. doing the research that i do into like history and narratives and stories that are told it seems like a lot of the folklore in you know from sports and and about people tends to be bullshit right and then and then the other stuff where you look at things like fairy tales and stories so to speak they tend to have some more reality to them but you know some of these old baseball stories baseball and baseball is notorious for it you know between guys throwing 110 miles an hour back in the day to 500 foot home runs you get these kind of like, uh, I don't know if I can believe it, stories. And yeah. then you see a stat, something like nobody's hit a baseball off of uh, the building across the street from Camden Yards. Like no right hand, what is it? No right-handed hitter has ever wow. hit hit the building or wasn't Ken Griffey Jr. the first one to hit the hit a hit a ball off of that building back in the home run derby he was in when he had the infamous hat backwards home run derby. Like, I think that was the first time a, a, a baseball had ever been hit and struck that building that's, you know, across the street from Camden Yards. That's crazy. Well, that's I, like I wouldn't the, doubt it. That's like the ball that Josh Hamilton hit at Yankee Stadium in the home run derby. He almost hit it out, out of the stadium in, in right field, which, granted, it has a short porch, but it goes up three decks yeah and he almost put it out of the stadium like oh my god and now you're telling me babe ruth's ball probably went a hundred feet further than that exactly right i mean and even or you look back at Mantle's shot right that yeah that's what i was gonna say that's that's the longest one i've ever heard of i I had right now bounced across the street at the warehouse and yeah it was like i just i just looked it up at 565 feet they said yeah that's crazy. <laughs> That's insane. You can't even hit yeah, those kind of distances for... on on MLB the show. Now, yeah, I'm saying what people have to understand: <laughs> right. if you or I go out there, if we get one 350, you know, that's a shot. Dude, I'm 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 be happy with 200 to be honest. (laughs) You said 350. I was there, bro. I'm happy to make it over the damn fence, my dude. (laughs) Come on. 
Nice. I, I used to so play long. with some. I used to play with some ex, uh, not major league, ex minor leaguers, and these guys were, you know, high end ball players. And watching them and hearing the the ball come off their bat, it's oh it's yeah, different uh, than everybody yeah. else. Oh, at- Absolutely. I, uh, Bobby Wood Jr. was in town for spring training and I got to see him when he, bro, the way the sound of the bat and the ball hitting the bat was, I hadn't heard anything like it this season. You remember the it's, clip I put on Instagram, not, not maybe a week or two ago of Otani smoking a foul 116 miles an hour. Imagine being right behind home plate when he hit that ball. Had to sound like a lightning strike. Had to have been. Boom. Had Man. to have been. That ball was moving. I've never seen a 116 mile an hour foul ball. Very rarely does a baseball ever travel over 116 miles an hour. Usually when it does, it's been hit by Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. <laughs> if he can make it to sad? the plate, because he can't even walk anymore. Which, I don't know which what. ones. John, Stanton or have, have you not Stanton? Have you not seen the, the oh, footage yeah. of him? He's embarrassing. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what even happened to him. Like, I mean, I know he's been on the injured list every year since he got traded to the Yankees, but like I seen a clip of him the other day where and I mean it was a ball smoked to the gap, easy double, and he's just lollygagging around third and gets thrown out by like five of his steps before he even made it home. And I'm just pro. You never tried, man. Like you, you I could didn't scored. even he didn't even slide. No, he no. wasn't running fast enough to slide. You know, you know what's sad is he's still the home run leader for the for the Florida Marlins, dude. And only played there one year. <laughs> and only played there for a season. So does that say more about Stanton or the Marlins? <laughs> no, the Marlins, dude. The Marlins, man. We the Marlins. It's it's like a training ground, the Marlins team. You know, we, we haul in all these great players, you know, especially all these great Dominican players and all these other, uh, you know, uh, players from all over the world. They, they train up, they do really well, and then uh, we'll get rid of them, we'll trade them over here, we'll send them over there. You know, it sucks, but... Yeah, you guys and are then, like the Expos of the 90s, you know, or yeah, the late 80s exactly. when they, they just right. disbanded. They had studs. I mean, if you guys kept – if Florida kept their players, think about oh. the lineup they would have right now with Yelich oh. and Stanton and the arms they would have. Yeah, especially back – and if you go back in the day with uh, Sheffield and uh, Dan Ugla and, like, all those guys, man, they were freaking – they were smashing the ball. Willis. Down trail Willis. They had D train. They had Hanley Ramirez. Yep. Hanley Ramirez, Keith. dude. That that no. dude was a freaking beast. He was knocking he was the shit American. out of the ball. Felix Hernandez wasn't a Marlin, was he? No. Uh, he was a no. Mariner, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That's the other irrelevant You're team. thinking of it, Levon Hernandez. Yeah. That was the big one. That was the first World Series, I think. So we've talked about the origins of spring training. Uh, Drew, I know that you have a pretty unique opportunity every spring to catch some today's time spring training in action. So what what do you what do, what would you say would be the biggest obviously other than the fact that they're not going to Florida for some magical water? 
but you know as far as the the whole concept of what spring training was back then to the concept of what spring training is now what would you say is the biggest difference now the guys i mean you everything right they're the top of the line equipment these guys have uh well, it's, you know it's they're money not drew with, right right it's, right, it's money absolutely. everything the, is is invested in right absolutely i mean we were talking before we started recording the 180 million dollars that they're investing in the the stadium just to renovate all the stuff and i mean you're talking top of the line training equipment um all kinds of stuff for for spring because you know those guys have everything um you know up in uh missouri for bush stadium i'm you know speaking on the cardinals marlins you know uh at bush stadium i know their training facilities and stuff are top notch so they're bringing that stuff down to uh florida that's going to change the game for those guys a lot and you know it's just completely different uh, you're talking to the caliber of the baseball you know and the and the bat uh, you're talking a, a a 38 ounce wood bat to these whatever bats that they're swinging around now and they're total different wood and i mean everything is completely different and uh but those guys when they're in town i could tell you they're still living like kings man and they're still you know playing golf and enjoying themselves and you know i i was listening to uh i got was talking with lars newpar and, and him and uh uh Harrison Bader and somebody else they were going to play uh golf somewhere and talking smack. I was jealous. That's what they get to do in their off time. They don't they don't they get to bask in the magical waters of of, of the ocean while they're hitting the links <laughs> <laughs> and drinking the drinking the the swing lube, you know, enjoying there the golf. Go. But yeah, it's yeah. I mean spring training spring training's crazy. It's different and you know it's like I said, the merchandise and everything, and and it's all completely it's it's a business. Baseball in general is now it, it, it's a business. You know what other sport are you paying hundreds of millions of dollars for for these, or what other career are you paying hundreds of millions of dollars of players? Hell, I think uh, Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid five hundred grand a year from somebody else besides the Mets, the Orioles, <laughs> the yeah, Orioles. Met, yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, dude, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, just deferred contracts. And then you were talking about Mickey Mantle earlier hitting that 560-something foot home run. That was in between him, uh, you know, banging some broads in the clubhouse. Before, and shattering before. his knee in the outfield. And shattered, right, right. And and slamming down some vodka or gin or whatever else. And, and think about the technology change in the game, too. I mean, oh. I've... Right. I, it's been 20 years now since I've played, you know, in co uh, college. So I, I just look at the way they train now versus the way we train then. And even that, oh, sure. and, and that's a pimple in time compared to going back to the late 1800s turns of the century. So right. you look at the, the, the way they've implemented technology into the game, uh, technology sure. into their training. They, you know, the way they do the, uh, they're, they're measuring every pitch now, you know, not only are they measuring velocity, they're measuring spin rate, they're measuring drop movement. I mean, it's, it's a science now and they have it right. down to a science where they can tell if a guy's off right away, you know, whereas yep. in the past you'd be like, ah, he'll be able to work through it. Now, if they don't have their stuff, they're pretty much screwed. Sure. 
and you know with the implementation of the the replay and everything else that they've got going on in technology i mean technology is definitely changing the game and the guys today too the i mean these men are freaking huge they're savages i mean they're they're absolute fucking savages that's all you have to do all, all year round is work out and play baseball bro and you're just hitting the gym just slamming weights around i mean those guys are huge and it makes me laugh the people that say oh it's just baseball those guys aren't athletes i'm like you haven't seen modern uh-huh. day baseball players you you don't have Real. bob horners anymore you know right I mean, yeah. those right. days are right old. Exactly. Warren's, yeah no. warren spawn's not on the bump anymore <laughs> right yeah right dude i stood next to paul goldschmidt and his freaking bicep was like larger than my thigh i mean that dude is a massive and they have the money now to focus on their nutrition, their health. Sure. They sure. have trainers right. year round. Oh yeah, well, you know chefs to. and stuff that they have. Oh yeah, because they're an investment. Yeah, they have to. It's it's yeah. part of the game. I mean, well, even even the guys that I talked to that you know were in the minors twenty years ago, they had guys. You know, they had trainers that worked with them. They had nutritionists. They had all this stuff. Yep. And they're not making what these guys make i mean these guys are making monopoly money these days yeah and now i mean it's moving into the college you know college sports college football baseball i mean football in general uh i mean uh university of miami football i think the rock is is paying for some hundred couple hundred million dollar uh investment there but i mean it's just flooded with money and and all the money that they're putting into it they're, they're getting all the top-notch stuff you know these kids have the best of the best when when you're playing right you've got the best nutrition you're waking up early in the morning with a, a five-course meal plan for you that's you know exactly to the carbs and protein and everything else that you need yeah. and you're sure. getting paid yeah <laughs> especially yeah with the name and image and likeness deals that they have going those college kids are getting paid that's why you know my nephew played uh d1 lacrosse for a little bit up uh in rhode island at bryant university oh that's and, where i uh, went oh yeah nice yeah. yeah he played it he played a a season up there for lacrosse he was a goalie i mean he was one of the nationally ranked goalies and uh the cold got to him and being away from home you know so he, he couldn't do it but i was like man you could have stuck it out just a little bit longer, bro. Those name, image, and likeness deals, we'd be <laughs> we'd be playing a different ball game. Yeah, and some of these people are making millions. I mean, you're seeing oh. and a lot of especially the females. I mean, there was the, the twins that played basketball last year. They were making it, millions. Uh, the the Cavender twins, is that is, yeah, I think is, that's are, it. Are, yeah. I, I just I just saw something on the the Miami Marlins had them um and I didn't know what sport they were in but uh the Marlins had it on their social media and uh, yeah I mean they're just making all kinds of money these days um you know I, I it's good it's good and bad you know I see both sides to it well I mean if they never would have started paying these kids we never would get another college football game so for a playstation or anything so i I, i'm i don't like madden i'm all about some ncaa football on the playstation so pay these kids yeah hell you got to (laughs) us yeah are are they bringing back being in the game (laughs) 
are, are they bringing back NCAA yep, on the There's one uh, slated for football? next year. 2024. Hell yes. But I think oh, you're, you're going to have to have current gen. I don't think you're going to have – I don't think you're going to be able okay. to play it on, like, PS4s. Which well, I have a PS5. Like so, yeah, well, well, well yeah. Hank – well, that's okay, Hank. The, the podcast is doing things, big things. And if you listen <laughs> – uh, if you guys use uh, Spotify for podcasters – and uh, you continue to uh, maybe if you would like to start a podcast and you'd like to use Spotify for podcasters, <laughs> you can do so. <laughs> and that would uh, maybe up our uh, ad revenue from nine cents to enough to buy your PS5. Oh, no, no, we're, we're up to 27 cents now. 27 Ooh. cents now. Oh, yeah. Almost enough to. Uh, I don't even know what you can get for twenty seven cents. That that's enough to like throw penny, in the barista uh, penny candy for for a quarter anymore. <laughs> right? No. Yeah, the f- no, the five thanks. and dime stores are dead. Yeah, the five yeah. and dime. Thanks, Biden economics. <laughs> Look at it work. Well, uh, even the right, dollar no, store, man. Everything the, now is a buck and a quarter it, at least. Oh yeah, a buck fifty or whatever it is. It's yep. crazy. Yeah. Man, well, Matt, dude. Boys, I've had a blast having you on tonight, brother. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy life to come hang out with us. It's been a wonderful conversation. Oh, this is great. I'd love to do it again, man. I love I love yeah. talking sports. Anytime yeah, we man. gotta have you we gotta have you back on, man. I'd love to talk a little bit more baseball with you and especially uh baseball cards, man. Uh yes. I definitely like to talk to talk to you about that because I got a bunch of stuff to talk about. I mean this year alone, all the craziness that's going on with Panini and Fanatics right now and all, all the conspiracies. There's all kinds of stuff tied up and into it. All those people shitting their pants right now that invested in Wander Pronko. Ooh. Oh man. Oh, tell me about it. And then and then did you see and then in in this uh Topps Chrome product, the Wander Franco youth invasion cards yes oh, oh wow. that did not age bad that timing did not age well no well, terrible oh. terrible timing we'll definitely terrible have timing. to try to get back up with you before you get back into fall ball man yeah man if i'm free on wednesdays i'd love to do this dude i'd love to have you let, sure. let our let our 61 amazing listeners know where they can find you good sir you can find me at the Great Deception Podcast on Instagram, on uh, any of your podcatchers, because uh, I have on my feed, I have my show and Monday Night Master Debaters, which is kind of like a roundtable where we talk about anything. You know, it could be politics, sports, conspiracies, life, health, you name it. Where It's wherever the conversation goes. So, uh, yeah. You can find me there. If you want to reach out to me, I- I'll answer DMs on, on Instagram. So, uh you know, keep it PG though. Nothing below the belt. I'm good with that. But uh, yeah, so thank you guys for having me. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, let's get that up to triple digits. We're working on. I got a. We got we got a special giveaway in the works for when we hit 100. I've got something brewing, so we could give a little something back to the people that you know follow us on a daily. Got nice. got sure. got to get there for though. Sure. So, but we'll get there. All things in good time. Yeah. Well, boys, it's been great hanging out with you. I love I love uh, hanging out on Wednesdays and talking sports and getting to see you guys. It's it's always a pleasure. For sure, man. Coach, love you, brother. Love you guys. Thank you so much, Drew. Love yeah, you, brother. Absolutely. Catch y'all later. All right. 
sounds good. Take care, guys. Have a good night.